0: Spanning the Valley of the Sun and all across the 48th state, this is the Gatos and Chad Show. Happy,
1: happy, happy Tuesday. Happy Tuesday. Uh, later on this hour, we're going to talk about the death penalty. So you know how the governor and the AG they basically you know shelved it? Um, we've got the Maricopa County attorney, Rachel Mitchell, coming on the show about 345. Uh, she's siding with the families. Um... Of, uh, of those, you know, who had their loved ones killed. And there are people on death row that kind of have a pass right now. And what Rachel Mitchell is saying is, no, we need to continue to put these people to death. They're on death row. Let's continue it. So Mitchell's on one side. She's with the families of the loved ones who have lost, you know, somebody. And they're kind of taking on the AG and the governor. So I think Mitchell's going to be interesting later this hour. Uh, Chad, a story we talked about, I don't remember if it was last week or the week before. There was a, uh, religious school in Vermont. And if you recall, they have a girls basketball team. And, uh, the girls basketball team in, in Vermont said, we're not playing against that school over there because they have a transgender student. So, uh, the girls basketball team, for a co- probably a couple different reasons, said, okay, first of all, uh, you know, uh, the transgender student used to be a boy, now is a girl. That's not fair. Totally understand that part. Uh, I think the other part of it probably was their beliefs and, and all that kind of thing.
2: Have we ever figured out what their full story was there? Because I've read several of the things. I never got a full answer on. That's why I just we, gave you the two
1: that I thought. Th- yeah, like I don't that's really kind of know. like,
2: you know, because uh, I could see, you know, it's, it's not like the. Could the, be both. It could I don't be know. both. Yeah, it's probably a little bit of
1: both. Okay. So. That the the religious school, the girls team, they decided we don't want to play against the transgender students. So they forfeited the game. Okay, and we discussed that at great length. Yeah. Now, from what I understand, this religious school, because of what they did, is barred from playing in tournaments now. Oh, that sounds fair.
2: That's that's, that's what the is, punishment you get in today's the world with the Alphabet Army. And dare, how dare you go against them? Right. Right. So uh, that is ridiculous. uh, uh Absolutely is, and I would like to know. Look, if the re- look, if the reason is, uh, we don't think it's fair that he, that that she who used to be he, who realistically probably still is a he as far as the physical side of it, because you're thinking is, it's what a high school, yeah, okay. uh, junior high uh, or high school, uh, probably has an unfair advantage, and we don't want to put our girls in that situation where they a could be embarrassed and b could get hurt, and so because of that, now you're going to bar us from playing at all. That's that's the point. Yeah. Wow. I
1: you know, and we're going through something kind of, you know, here in Phoenix, like that the Phoenix School Board, that Phoenix School Board, Washington, right? Yeah. Uh, they are banning teachers from uh, a Christian college from coming and teaching at their school. I got to tell you, man, something's got to give here. We have the Christian. You and I are Christian. We talk about this all the time. Christians and the LGBT community, you got to figure your crap out, man. Because now it's just leaking into everything. It's leaking into a classroom. What does, what does marriage between a man and a woman have to do with any classroom in Phoenix, Arizona? It doesn't. It's not brought up. There's no reason if you're a student teacher from this Christian school, there's no reason you should be banned. And shame on that Phoenix School District for doing that.
2: Yeah. She wore the ears. She, was, she said that they were you know, detrimental to the children and they were going to maybe uh, push out their belief. And they'd had how many kids that have gone and taught and there was never a complaint ever. Right. But you got three activists on a school board Correct. and they decided
1: we're going to do this. Correct. All right. So that's part of it. And now you see, OK, well, let's go back to the Vermont school. All right. You had the Christian school. You had the Christian school say, OK, we're not going to deal with the transgender kids. So I'm going to pull my kids off. I'm just saying yeah. it's it, you're going to pull our we're going to pull our girls off there because we don't want to play against a transgender. And I'm just like, we really can't all get along. Seriously. I mean, you can have your beliefs, but you can still treat
2: people but if like you're, human if beings. you competing in something. Right, I'm competing. And by the way, we asked the Christians, hey, you guys need to give up your beliefs uh, because this group wants you to give up beliefs or you're a bigot. They can be bigot against you and they're celebrated. You're asking people to give up their beliefs. What about if the fact is, is we talked about it last year, that the Leah Thomas that won all the races and, and there was no Christianity. That that's the Pennsylvania. There's no Christianity about that. That was somebody who had been a female mm-hmm. in theory, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, because. Hadn't gone through all the surgery and only been taking it for a little while. Who was smashing women. Right. And women got upset about that and they got blamed for it. Maybe I just don't want to subject my daughter to something like that. I think the
1: Philadelphia, the, the Pennsylvania thing is an extreme uh, example where that person should not be allowed to compete against other women. I think, I think that's pretty obvious, at least to me. But, you know all this other stuff i mean i don't know if this transgender student is any good at basketball i have no idea we, we really don't know No. Uh, here's my bottom line and i'll say it again christians lgbt community how are we gonna how are we gonna fix this how are we gonna fix it because it just seems like what needs to be fixed uh, if
2: you have a belief as a christian yeah. that that marriage between man and a woman uh you're welcome to our church but that's what we believe Mm-hmm. Why do I have to change my faith based I'm not on saying
1: what? You- to, I'm not saying anybody has to change what they're doing. I'm saying both sides should start listening to each other and not taking their ball and going home. And not like this Phoenix School Board District punishing Christians for being Christians. It's it goes both ways. They're both badgering each other. That's what I see. I see Christians and LGBT, they're just they're hit the ball across the net. Back, 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 back. And that nobody's listening to each other. That's the way I feel.
2: Well, I just, I look at it like, again, I don't, I wish there was more story about what happened with the, the the basketball team. And if it, you know, but the fact that you're now saying, well, if you're not playing against this, this person over here, you can't play against anybody, which I think is a bunch of BS. Yeah. So you're going to hurt those girls based on the fact that maybe they have a different belief than you. Oh, my goodness me. And uh, it, it, it's ridiculous. You know, People, you got to respect each other's beliefs. That's absolutely true, one hundred
1: percent. I guess my other point is, it seems that that there are some Christians out there that feel if you're gay, if you're trans, if you're a lesbian, that's the worst sin of all time.
2: No, I don't think that. that I, I just no, keep seeing that, make Shad. it out to be... I'm not that, sure. That's not, no, that's not true. I, I, I think that, That's that part, what it is you partly. think, but that's a bunch of crap. That is absolutely not true. You don't see it at all? No, I don't. Okay, I don't. I mean, we have gays at our church, but they'll tell you, hey, a sin is a sin, right? right. If you're here and you're an adulterer, if you're on OnlyFans, that's a sin. And I've saw several women who've been punished for that, who mm-hmm. were straight, and men who were punished for that, uh, by their churches or their schools and we don't talk about that because it's not part of a bigger issue here, which is the LGBT community versus churches. And to say that, oh, you've got to give up your, you're over here. You can have your belief but we can't have our beliefs. Everybody can have their
1: beliefs but everybody just keeps fighting and we're not getting anywhere. We'll come back to this later in the show. Have we seen the death of the 9 to 5 job? (laughs) Chad is hurting because he's never done a nine-to-five job. I I
2: have a five-to-nine job. You have a 5
1: a.m. to 9 p.m. job. It's the Gatos and Chad Show.
0: The Gatos Big Q poll question brought to you by your Valley Toyota dealers.
1: All right, KTAR.com, right side of the page, the Big Q. Glendale is changing its name to Swift City in honor of Taylor Swift launching the Eras Tour. At State Farm Stadium this weekend. A better name would be A Swiftdale. I came up with that yesterday. Very popular. B Taylortown. Oh, I like that. Uh, C a bit of a stretch. Glendaler. <laughs> <laughs> and D Arizona. It's spelled E R A dash Z O N A because her 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 tour Ares. is called the Eras Tour. Era. E-R-A, Zona. I thought that was good. I went with TaylorTown. Okay. Uh, number one answer is TaylorTown, 41%. Uh, and by the way, all four of those, better than what Glendale came up with, with Swift City. Just saying. That's not a... It's garbage. Literally, grab You know it. what? Next time you want to make a big decision, Glendale, you come to me. I'll help you out. Come to the Gatos Chat Show. We'll help you out. We'll give you four better names. All those people
2: sitting around in a room saying, hey, yeah. we got to come up with something. The <laughs> best you guys come up with, Swift, Swift City... City? There. Sounds like a basketball thing, right? Like, it, you know, it's like Hoop City. Whoa, it
1: doesn't do anything for me. Uh,
2: we were talking earlier about burnout. Uh, nine to five jobs, dead. Remote working, flexible hours, four day a week are revolutionized the way we work. Uh, old ways seem to be gone forever. The four-day work week is getting closer and closer, I think, for a lot of people. Wow. But when they did this big, uh, uh, they go out and they started asking a bunch of people, hey, what would you rather do? What makes you happy? Da-da-da-da. makes your heart sing. It makes your heart sing. Making a lot of money doesn't rank highly. <laughs> Feeling happy was the most important factor in their life decisions. Staying not, fit and healthy. Becoming not, financially independent. Which not making make, money is not at the top. A lot of money. Like, if you had a choice to make 100000 a year uh-huh. or 80000 a year, Okay. And 100. One of them, though, is 65 (laughs) hours a week, and the other is 35 hours a week. You might say, I'll take the 80,000, right? Unless you got enough that you need that extra 20 grand. Mm -hmm. Uh, Who doesn't need an extra 20 grand? Reaching a career peak. See, this is the interesting. In the future, man, it's going to be tough to find managers because nobody wants to do those jobs. Hmm. They want to have as little responsibility as possible, apparently. (laughs) In fact, staying. (laughs) At a steady level, outranks reaching a higher rank in the business world by eighteen percent. So, just people don't want to reach for the brass ring. Stay in steady because it looks there's responsibility.
0: It goes back to that burnout thing.
2: Mm -hmm. So is all right. One hundred percent. I don't know. Listen,
1: I think Chad and I are kind of on the same page here. You and I are kind of old school when it comes to this. It's work as hard as you possibly can. Don't be lazy. Um, You know, if you have to put in extra hours, put in extra hours. And now this new generation has come out and said, no, no, because we're seeing our parents burn out. We're seeing our parents have anxiety and depression and they've worked like crazy. And so we're not going to do that. Yeah. I got a lot of that. I don't know. I, I just don't, it just doesn't feel right to me. So
0: you think that because they see the maybe. evidence of, of overwork and for them to say, I'm not going to be like that, that's a bad thing? I think that's a good thing.
2: Well, I think to a certain extent. But then again, then they that's they say that, I just don't want to be like you, mom and dad. By the way, can I borrow 50 bucks? <laughs> that also like, yeah, you don't want to be like that, but you're still on my health insurance. I'm still paying your car payment. I'm still paying your phone. Uh, maybe you can be a little bit like that.
0: Okay, a little bit. You yeah. just, well, you gave a pretty good example: eighty versus one hundred, thirty-five versus sixty-five. Yeah. So, if I can get to a comfortable place and meet all my Meads, obligations yes. and be happy, it that's, doesn't take that great. much more. To yeah, now, I think
1: that's great. I, so, being comfortable
2: is good. Yeah,
1: I Why don't not? think so. No, I think if you're comfortable, you're not. You're you're not. Uh, I think if you're comfortable, you're
2: financially you're, comfortable.
1: Is or comfortable in a job?
2: Yeah, but finance. See these things. It's- comfortable in life. Here's I think the thing.
1: comfortable. You're not. You're not. You're not. You're not necessarily trying hard, or you're. You're just kind of. You're kind of just sliding a little bit. I think if you're comfortable, you're not pushing yourself. You're well, mediocrity
2: is definitely celebrated. Mediocrity in world. is
1: totally celebrated in this yeah. world now. Yeah. And I think that that partly comes with I'm just
2: comfortable, and I'm like, you know what? Why don't you be uncomfortable? Well, we were growing up. Your identity was not only who you were, but a lot of what you did. Now their identity is all about them. What they do is is, is a throwaway. So they would rather be financially comfortable and in life much How happier. How are you financially comfortable not. when they're you pretending. don't work hard? They're pretending.
0: You but, don't know they're not working hard. They just uh, don't I, want to do a job they that's going to take them 65 hours a week to or work. Or eight Maybe.
1: hours a day. Yeah, that's true. I mean, it's not even eight hours a day for some people.
0: That's true. But are they getting the job done that needs to be done? I don't know. There's a question that maybe we don't need to work that many hours a day to get that there job done. There is a question that and I think maybe it's legit.
1: Some of us work too hard.
0: And yeah. I think there's also a question of I'm si- you know people are sitting at the office for eight hours a day, and many times they're not. Nobody's working eight full no, hours oh, a day.
2: Good heavens! It's like it's like uh, you know like I watch soccer. Soccer is ninety minutes, but the there's stops, there starts, there's all these things. Exactly, you know, it's it's not really ninety minutes. It's probably sixty five minutes. The ball's in play, right? So yeah, I mean, I I completely get it. I mean, a lot of people. I mean, you know, come on, let's be real. I mean, we're sitting around, we're talking, we're doing stuff, it, looking it's, at our phones. Yeah, but we're, lunch, we're Americans. We work harder around. than
1: everybody. We That's do. what we always say. We, do. And we, we die at,
0: more. We die faster I know. than everybody. We look at
1: Spain and we look at France and we look at all these other countries and they're like, oh, they're having a they're, they're having drinks at three in the afternoon. They've already quit their job. We're and taking They're taking a siesta and doing yeah. the whole nine yards. I'm like,
2: I don't know. I just, I don't. Yeah. And I, then they get invaded and they're like, oh my God, oh my God. I hope those Americans can ramp up all that stuff. We need help. <laughs> <laughs> all
1: right. Uh, coming up next, we've got holding up the headlines. If you don't know what that is, if you've never listened before, Becky Lynn's going to read the news like she does every day. Every day. Top, bottom, right? Well, at the. 15 to 45, too, every 15 minutes. but That's right.
0: Let's talk about who's working really hard. You are.
1: It's not us. It's you. (laughs) 3.30. Uh, We do it every day. Holding up the headlines where Becky Lynn reads the news. We interrupt, react to the day's top stories next.
2: Arizona's news station. News station. KTAR, on air, 92.3 FM, online at KTAR.com, and streaming live on the KTAR News app. You're breaking news and traffic now.
1: It's 3.30, and you know what that means. Chad, you ready to hold up some headlines? Yes, I am. Here's Becky Lynn with the headlines.
0: If you are looking for a faster way to hit the Las Vegas Strip on the weekends, you might be in luck. But... It just may take a while to establish the route. Ktar Shira Tanzer explains why. The I-11 corridor project will connect Phoenix and Las Vegas and has recently passed through its first step in the process. But chairman of the project, Christian Price, says we may not see any construction for a while.
3: When Congress designates something, they can just point their finger and say, this is where it's going to go, and it's done. But when the state agencies deal with it, they
2: have to go through a different process. And so they have to make sure they take into
3: environmental concerns, and that process takes time.
0: Price says the first step found there wouldn't be any major environmental impacts to develop that area. The next step will narrow the corridor until there's a 500 foot wide path. Live in the news center, Shira Tanzer, KTAR News.
1: Holding up the headlines, Becky Lynn reads the news while Gatos and Chad interrupt and react to the day's top stories. You know, the drive from Phoenix to Vegas is dangerous. Talk to some people who do uh, a lot with the roads and Uh, They say it's one of the more dangerous drives. And if you look at some of the data, there are a ton of accidents. Uh, It's people maybe driving back from Vegas who uh, didn't get a good night's sleep. Maybe they're still hungover. Uh, and then you're in the other lane, and you're like, I'm trying to get to Vegas, and you have these crashes, and it's happening more and more now.
2: Uh, I'll believe it when I see it. Uh, having come from California, we're 25 years into our bullet train where we've laid no track at $128 billion when it was coast to cost $10 billion. So uh, good luck with the choo-choo train
0: if only they had airplanes.
2: <laughs> we're holding up the headlines.
0: There is still a big nursing shortage in the Valley, but it's not necessarily for a lack of willing workers. KTAR's Colton Krolak joins us live from the News Center now with more on how a new program in the East Valley is hoping to help grow the workforce
2: Grand Canyon University is opening an accelerated bachelor's degree program in Chandler. Dr. Lisa Smith with GCU says students can complete the course in just 16 months.
3: Students or graduates really finish the program in a really good time frame where it gets them into the workplace much quicker than if they were enrolled in more of a traditional timeline.
2: She says this allows more qualified nurses to serve the community more quickly and helps satisfy the high demand of students wanting to enter the healthcare. field. Field. Live in the News Center, Colton Krolak, KTAR News. Man, I tell you what, uh, we need nurses. It's a great job to have and there's always work if you're a nurse and uh, the quicker we can get him out there, uh, the better I think it is for everybody and again, there's always work. I wonder
1: uh, how all the nurses have recovered from COVID. You know, so many people coming to the hospital, being overworked, seeing death every day, uh, I wonder if if they've recovered or will never recover. Because that was hell that they went through. The amount of people going into hospitals and the amount of work and, uh, you know, just the conditions of, you know, we, we talked about it. They were, gosh, they were just overworked, exhausted. And I wonder if that burnout now years later is still there. I'm just wondering. Uh, we're holding up the headlines. A KTAR News exclusive.
0: U.S. Senator Mark Kelly says he won't let the Colorado River water system crash amid water shortages. He tells KTAR the state now has $12 billion in federal funds to create water resiliency projects like drip irrigation, building more water storage and settling tribal water claims. If we
2: do all these things and we're starting to line them up, we're going to be able to conserve and leave enough water up in Lake Mead that we're not going to have to worry about, you know, the flow of water to the lower basin states. Kelly hopes
0: to secure more money for water conservation through the recurring congressional farm bill
1: man that guy is quiet isn't he yes, i hear he nothing Very from him quiet. Just Honest a, to God. I just don't hear very much from Senator Kelly. Um, I don't know what he's doing. He very rarely speaks. I'm glad he spoke to KTAR. Uh, you know, I hear a lot about what cinema's doing. She seems like a, you know, she's she's moving on. She did something with guns. She's trying to do something with uh, immigration. But Kelly is just so quiet. And I don't know. I just, I, I,
2: the, the feeling I always get from him, I, I don't know what he's doing. Yeah. I, I have no a lot idea. Of people don't know, but uh, obviously being quiet Seems to work well for him. And uh, it, it's interesting. Uh, the water thing is very important, but you're right. He is, uh, even when we have him in here, he's just very quiet, just kind of uh, yeah, and as, it's as either, beige as he gets.
1: It's either good or bad. It's either he's working hard behind closed doors uh, or he, he's not. And I, and I just don't know because I literally don't hear the man's voice very
2: often. No. And he won't answer any of my questions about aliens, so that tells you a lot. That is true. We're holding up the headlines.
0: Here's a legal dust-up between Governor Katie Hobbs and Maricopa County Attorney Rachel Mitchell. Mitchell's asking the state Supreme Court to allow the execution of Aaron Gunches as scheduled April 6th. KTAR host and Valley attorney Barry Markson says this comes just days after Hobbs ordered executions to be paused until the state's execution policies can be re-examined.
1: The main issue that Rachel Mitchell seems to have is that the governor is not following her duty as governor and not following errors.
0: Markson says he expects the Supreme Court to make its decision within a matter of days.
1: We're going to talk to Maricopa County Attorney Rachel Mitchell next. uh, And she'll join us and we'll ask her kind of what Barry just said. Is the governor following uh, Arizona law or is she is she ignoring her duty uh, for for, you know, putting people to death? I mean, we have the death penalty. It's legal here in Arizona. They push the pause button. Um is she is she is she following the law? It's something that we're gonna ask Mitchell in a in a couple minutes. All right, every day at three thirty we hold up the headline, speculin reads the news, we interrupt, react to the day's top stories. It's all brought to you by Carol Royce, your home sold guaranteed realties, higherprice dot com. All right, coming up next, uh the Governor of Arizona, Katie Hobbs, her refusal to proceed with executions. Well, the Maricopa County attorney says that hey, she's got to continue with the executions. Well, why? Uh who's who's in the right here? Uh is uh, is the governor not following the law? Well Maricopa County Attorney Rachel Mitchell joins us next. Drive home with
0: that Gatos and Chad.
1: All right, the death penalty executions in the state of Arizona. Remember, we pushed the pause button for about eight years. We started and start started stop started. Well, then we started last year, and there were three executions. All and of them worked, right? They are they are, yes, Jed. They are they are dead. Okay, uh, and so it seems obviously that uh, the governor and uh, our new attorney general uh, they paused the executions. They want to study the past three executions. Okay, well. I don't really understand why we've had the AG on. We've asked her, "Why are you stopping executions?" Well, maybe it's a training issue. Uh, maybe the it's, medicine, right? It's that was the medicine. The I, may, maybe you know they cut a guy's groin up or something. I, you know, big deal. I'm just saying. All right, was that person trained to do that? I'm not. I don't know. I don't know. But now that we have executions being paused, you got the Supreme Court in Arizona. They're they're involved and. Are they going to order Governor Hobbs to carry out these execution orders? Um, Well, joining us now is Maricopa County Attorney Rachel Mitchell. Thank you for joining us. How are you today?
3: Oh, thank you for having me. Doing great.
1: So we're just trying to figure this out. You know, we had the AG on. She says that, hey, I don't have anything against executions, but when I look at this, and now the Arizona Supreme Court uh, is 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 involved, is our governor breaking the law by stopping executions in the state of Arizona?
3: Well, as as you know, um, when they first started office, I had a press conference and I talked about. The fact that this is an incredibly well it's, it is the most serious decision that i as a county attorney make and i respect the desire to make sure that you know things are are handled appropriately but the bottom line in this situation is that a warrant of execution has been issued by the arizona supreme court uh, this individual has exhausted his appeals uh, both federally and in the state and the law requires that the execution be carried out.
2: So we've heard, again, we were just talking about it. Uh, we've heard everything from it's the, it's, the, it's the drugs, it's the, you know, nobody's trained. Have you got a straight answer on, on what it is? Because it seems to be all over the place, depending on who you're asking.
3: I, I don't have an exact answer on that. But what I, what I can rely on is what I witnessed myself. Uh, when I went to the last execution, uh, that was of Mr. Hooper. Um, and what I saw was a, a process that um, in no way was uh, inappropriate or painful. And in fact, the the bit of delay that was experienced in that uh, process was to get a smaller needle, as the medical technician said, to so that it would hurt less. Um, and I did not see him wince or grimace. In fact, he was joking uh, through most of the process and, in fact, uh, was saying, you know, let's get this going. Hmm. Uh, So I don't share those concerns based on what I observed myself.
1: Uh, We're chatting with Maricopa County Attorney Rachel Mitchell. So uh, this guy on death row, Aaron Gunches, right? He's supposed to be uh, executed April 6th, right? Yes. Okay. So how do you see this going down? Are you going to ask Arizona Supreme Court to order order the governor to carry this execution out?
3: Well, we have joined uh, the victim in asking that. Uh, the victim in this case, who was taken out into the desert and executed, uh, Ted Price, uh, he has family members and they have filed a uh, brief with the Arizona Supreme Court asking the court to order uh that the execution be carried out and we have filed what's called an amicus brief basically it is somebody who has a strong interest in the outcome um and we are the it's my office that prosecuted this case um and we certainly recognize there's a victim's bill of rights in Arizona and they have a right to resolution uh of a case and in this situation it's appropriate the appeals have been exhausted in fact uh, Mr. Gunches himself has asked to be moved to Texas so that his sentence would be carried out, which, of course, we can't do. But um, th- those are his desires.
2: Have you talked to, to the AG or to the governor about any of this?
3: I have not spoken with Governor Hobbs. I have talked to uh, the attorney general. Uh, I, in fact, I spoke to her on the day that the announcement was made. And I, I've had other conversations on other matters with her. Um, so, yes, I have. What did she say? Well, I mean, it was right after the uh, announcement came out that they were putting a pause on executions, and it was just a, a general discussion. And, of course, I conveyed um, my concerns about victims' rights. Mm. Uh, these are people who have been waiting uh, decades. And in fact, uh, the crime in this case happened in November of 2002. Mr. Hooper, uh, that was just executed, uh, I mean, just to give you a perspective, I'm I'm 55 years old. That crime that he was executed for happened when I was 13 years old. Yeah. I remember yeah. the crime because I, I grew up here. Um, and, and this is how long these victims have been hanging in. And so they need to have that final resolution to their, to, you know, to get justice for their loved ones.
1: Yeah, I yeah. would agree with that, too. Yeah. Maricopa County Attorney Rachel Mitchell is joining us. Legally... Who makes the final calls at the Arizona Supreme Court or the governor? What does the law say?
3: Well, the law says that the sentence, you know, should be carried out, and there, if there is going to be a deviation from the sentence, then it has to go through a process that includes the executive clemency board. That hasn't happened, so there's no provision in Arizona's law that one person, even even the governor, can make a unilateral decision to disregard the sentence. And so the, the law is clear on that. But obviously we have uh, gone to the Arizona Supreme Court and asked them to make a final decision. And so they they are the ones who will make the call.
2: So there's not that that, you know, that thing we always see in the television where we're waiting for the governor's call and they're going to pick it up and say, stop the execution. That that That's not going to happen, because mm. I think a lot of people think, you know, TV, it's real. It's got to mm. happen that way. <laughs>
3: Well, I mean obviously there are if, if something would come up there are provisions for that, but that's not the posture we're in. The posture we're in is um he's been found guilty, he's been sentenced to death and his appeals have run.
1: Your best guess, we're running out of time. April sixth, does he get executed? Yes or no?
3: You know, um I I think that's what the law requires. Uh so I'll I'll go as far as saying that. We'll You're see what happens. Not
1: sure what's gonna happen though, huh? Um
3: uh, You know, I've been a lawyer too long to (laughs) Hmm. say that anything definitively will happen, but that is what the law requires is his execution on Mm -hmm. April the 6th.
1: Well, thank you for joining us. We appreciate your time very much.
3: Thank you very much for having me. Have a good day.
1: All right, you too, Maricopa County Attorney Rachel Mitchell. The pause on executions in the state of Arizona. So the Uh, phone thing was not... That was not there, no. Because we talked about that. Like, did. You know, couldn't that just... No, no. I got to tell you, April 6th, it's not that far away. No. And I couldn't guess I that this is going to happen. i going to
2: rule that he's going to be put to death.
1: All right. Coming up, the us of Chad show uh, with the new immigration policies of the Biden administration. Migrants might just want to sneak over the border now, right? We'll talk about it next.